Welcome to the I Lead Podcast, a podcast dedicated to developing you into the leader that can lead in any room. Your host and guide is Dr. G. Vincent Dudley Sr. Dr. Dudley is a leader of leaders. He has his Ph.D. in organizational leadership. He earned his Doctor of Ministry with a focus on entrepreneurship and church planting. He is a John Maxwell Associate Trainer and an Adjunct Professor for Strategic Leadership at North Central University. Dr. Dudley retired from the Air Force as a lieutenant colonel. He has started several businesses, but his greatest achievement is that of founding senior pastor of New Life, one of the fastest-growing churches in the St. Louis metropolitan area. Let's join Dr. Dudley and co-host Jeffrey II for another instructional, inspirational, and informative session. I Lead Podcast welcomes the freshman senator for the great state of Illinois, Senator Tammy Duckworth. Senator Duckworth was elected to the U.S. Senate after 23 years of service as a lieutenant colonel in the Army Reserves. Almost 16 years ago to the date, November 12, 2004, Senator Duckworth was deployed to Iraq as a Black Hawk helicopter pilot. Her aircraft was hit by an RPG and she lost her legs and partial use of her right arm. She was the first of a handful of women to fly combat missions during Operation Iraqi Freedom. She is a leader of leaders. Senator, welcome to iLead. We are honored that you would give us some of your valuable asset that cannot be replaced, your time. Thank you for being a part. It's so good to be on, Bishop Dudley. Thank you for having me. Senator, You are a leader of leaders from being the first senator to give birth while in office to championing the cause of veterans to being a combat pilot. What would you say to women leaders who want to hone their skills to serve wherever their gifts and talents can take them? Well, I think, you know, what I've learned is oftentimes the opportunities to lead come in places that you're not expecting them to. You're there. They come knocking on your door. and You never thought of it. I, I, for example, I don't know about you. We were both lieutenant colonels in the military to get, uh, but, you know, I never planned on joining the military. I thought I was going to be in, you know, I was going to join the Peace Corps. I, that's where I wanted to go, but I um, wanted to learn more about the military. So I, some ROTC classes and just fell in love with the discipline and, and uh, of the military. And, and that was my first foray into leadership. Um, and so I think for me, it's the opportunities really came through the side door of my life, not the front door. And I had to learn to look at those opportunities and seize on them um, as a way for me to be able to continue to serve. Wow. Well, yes. Um... Yeah, we both served, and I I enjoyed it. Uh, I kind of came in through the side door as well. But many times, women are asked to come through the back door if no door at all. How do you say to them, what do you say to them, this is how you do this, one, two, three. Um, It kind of came in your way in a different way. But to that woman who is really trying to um, get her skills out there and lead others. It does... uh really begin with believing in yourself, even when you're not sure of yourself. Um, uh, I have imposter syndrome just about every day. You know, I, I sit in the Barack Obama Senate seat. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> you know, if someone's going to have 
imposter syndrome is going to be me, you know? And I think, you know, I, I, and I sit at his desk, the desk that I sit at, you know, has Barack Obama's signature in it. I think, oh my God, how am I going to do this job? <laughs> you know? Um, uh, and so, but, but you know what? You show up, you show up and you do the best that you can and you just trust in your own, for me, I just trust in my own willingness to do the work, right? I, I, and, and, and I think if you put in the hard work and you're willing to show up and, and, and help carry the burden, um, uh, you can make a difference. You know, you don't have to become president of the United States, but you can make a difference. And, and that has been, for me, so incredibly humbling because I've had, I've had the opportunity to work on issues and learn about issues that I... You know, I have no expertise in, but, but have become real passionate um, uh, uh, topics for me, things like environmental justice. I started the Environmental Justice Coalition in the Senate um, and asked Cory Booker to join me, and he said yes. And so now we're the co-chairs talking about how black and brown communities are where we tend to locate our most polluting industries, which means that our kids grow up with more asthma, which means that they're more susceptible to things like COVID-19 and and all of those things. But I didn't know anything about that before I ran for office or even before I got into the Senate. Um, and it was by talking, showing up and talking to my communities that I learned that this is a real problem. And now I get to work on it. So it's, it's, it's a blessing. Wow, that's, uh, that is a blessing. And no pressure sitting in um, Senator. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure at all. <laughs> but yeah, you know, exactly. You know, uh, there seems to be no challenge you haven't overcome. What principles of leadership do you park at that drives you forward? Um, for me, it's about leading by example, and that loyalty works both ways. Um, in the Army, you know, people sort of, when people think of the military from the Hollywood experience, they think that it's all about loyalty to your superiors. But people don't realize that it's also about the superiors' loyalty to their subordinates. And in the Army, you know, when you're an officer, you eat last. You stand in line at the chow hall, and you let all of your men and women eat before you. And then you as the officer or as the company commander, you eat last. Um, and that was something that I really learned about both leadership and, and service, and, and, and so that when I'm trying to do something that I don't quite know how to do, um, you go to and ask for help from anyone, and, and if, if you show loyalty uh, uh, to those around you, you're going to be able to accomplish whatever it is that you're trying to do, even if it seems so incredibly overwhelming. And, and so for me, you know, uh, these challenges, these opportunities to to do new things have only come my way because the crew of my helicopter saved my life. Wow. Um, and, and so every day I live it in loyalty to them that that day when I was passed out bleeding to death in that dusty field in Iraq, my buddies wouldn't leave me behind. They thought they were recovering a body um, for my parents to bury because they didn't want, you know, to see, pictures of my body being dragged through the streets of Baghdad on CNN by the insurgents. And so they recovered my body and it turned out I was alive and they, they, you know, refused treatment. So I would get treatment first when they realized I was still alive. And, and so every day I think there's nothing that I can't do. You know, there's nothing that I won't try in honor of them because my loyalty is, is 
is to the people who saved my life and this God-given second chance that I've gotten. Wow. Wow. What a story. John Maxwell talks about um, leadership. The first thing of leadership is others. And uh, that is exactly what I hear you say it is servant leadership. Mm-hmm. It is giving yourself to others. And that is so awesome. And given the landscape that we're in right now, where we see uh, our leadership sometimes that is so um, um, introspective, or I should say so personal, and not to take in um, account others. How do you point people to the leadership that you just shared about? That they look beyond what they see on the national scene, which is very personal, very uh, selfish type of leadership. What I tell people is that that's not true leadership, right? We, we have a president right now who doesn't understand loyalty because he's never displayed loyalty to anyone else. He doesn't understand selfless service because he's never um, uh, served selflessly. Um, and so what I say to people is don't look to that. Look to the people around you. Look to, look to your parents who got up every single day and went to a job and worked hard to provide for you. Look to, you know, the, the folks who, after a long week of working one or two jobs, still showed up to, to do volunteer service and, and, and to help feed the hungry. Uh, and, and, and look to the people who don't have very much but still donate to the poor. Um, and that's real leadership. And, and so, you know, people know. People don't need you to tell them. People see and they know when somebody's a real leader and somebody's not. Right, they, you've got you've got a president of the United States right now who's not he's not a leader, and people see that. People, some folks may have voted for him because they 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 you know they wanted a, a flamethrower, and they got that. But but they didn't vote for him because they thought he was going to be a leader, and he hasn't shown in the last four years that he's been a leader. Um, uh, so, you know, I think people are smarter than than that, um, and I think that they they can see when somebody is empathetic, when somebody cares, when somebody. Uh, um, is true leadership. And, and I guess what I'm saying is leadership isn't just about the office that you hold. It's about mm-hmm. how you conduct yourself. And people around you, you, we all know, we all know who the leaders are in the communities that we, that we interact in, whether it's church or work or, or, you know, anything else. We know who the leaders are because they emerge naturally. They emerge naturally. And every, as you said, everybody can recognize that. And uh, to that end, uh, when you are enduring personal attacks, uh, as I have seen um, on the national scene, personal, very personal attacks on your leadership, mm-hmm. what would you say um, to others? How do you rise above that and still lead? You have to have confidence in your personal motives and what you were trying to do. And, and for me, as I said, it, it goes back, you know, we all need, we all have our own North Star. I mean, you may have more than one North Star. My North Star, you know, um, uh, in this phase of my life has been the second chance that I've had of life. And so, um, uh, you know, I, I don't ever want to live a day where the men who saved my life would be ashamed that they saved my life or would, would think twice about the fact that, oh, you know, 
oh God, what crazy stuff is she doing now? Plus, you know, when you have your old military buddies, they're, they're always willing to pick up the phone and call, call you out. So it's good to have truth tellers in your life. Um, uh, and so for me, it's, it's, you know, I can endure anything. I endured an RPG going off in my lap. You know, unless you're unless you're trying to blow me up, I, I can endure anything, and heck, I sur- I survived getting blown up. So, <laughs> go my <for> God, <laughs> my God, that's some intestinal fortitude for real. And um, when you think about that, that okay, I'm serving others. I'm going to make it through this, irregardless. Um, did your leadership also include your faith? It it does, but in a different way. So I um, I come from a mixed faith background. Um, my mother is very devout Buddhist. Uh, my dad's a Southern Baptist, and I married into a family of Quakers. <laughs> wow, diversity. Yes. So yes, diversity. So I can t- let me tell you this: on the day that I was shot down, there were so many miracles that happened that resulted in me being alive today, that I know it was God who put out his hand and caught my helicopter in the air and laid it gently down to earth so that I could survive. Wow. Wow. Um, and, and, and so it's everything from uh, uh, that day um, when that RPG went off and it blew up in my lap and, it, and, the, and, and the thing exploded and the shrapnel flew through my in front of my head and up towards the rotor blades, it missed the, the spinning rotor blades. How does shrapnel fly through a spinning rotor blade wow. and doesn't hit a single rotor blade? Um, I never, my, my buddies thought that I was dead, so they never even gave me a tourniquet, and yet I survived to get to the, uh, the, the rescue helicopter. Um, we were flying over a grove of date palm trees right near the Euphrates River, um, and, and, and there was no place to land. And when the explosion happened, I, I don't know if I said it out loud or whether I said it just in my head. I, I remember thinking, oh, God, we need a place to land. And then as soon as that thought was in my mind, this clearing opened up in this, in this grove of palm trees, that, this date palm trees that should not have been there. And so we had a place to land the aircraft. Um, the pilot of the second aircraft, uh, 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 happened to be the only guy in the unit who had been a medevac pilot. So he knew exactly what he needed to do to call and get help. When they got me into the emergency room in Baghdad, uh, um, uh, uh, the doctor on rotation there um, had just graduated from medical school residency training where he had worked especially on new techniques on vascular surgery. So he saved my arm. Wow. They ran out of my type of they ran out of my type of blood, and they had to stop the surgery halfway through the night. And they were waking people up to get people with my blood type. And right then, my unit sent a helicopter with my commander, uh, my and you will you will appreciate this. Uh, my chaplain, yes, um, my my flight surgeon, my sergeant major, uh, my headquarters company commander. So, uh, of the five men who showed up to come and check and see how I was, the and just as they came through the door and they stopped the surgery, the surgeons came out and said, we, we can't go any further. We've run out of all the blood and blood plasma that she needs. We've got to go wake up people. And they said, what blood type do you need? And four of the five men were my blood type. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my and goodness. And so 
so yeah, there is faith in what I'm doing today because I I shouldn't be alive. I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be here. And and if I've got the second chance because those amazing men carried me to safety, um, I also have a second chance because he put out his hand and caught my helicopter in the air and gently laid it to earth so that the mortals could then do what they needed to do to give me my second chance at life. Wow, what a story. I, I, I'm, I'm just amazed. Um, what a story of leadership and fellowship and team. And I think about um, our time in the military. There's nothing like it. If, if there's anything I miss right now, it's mm-hmm. the community, the camaraderie. I still have, as I'm sure you, truth tellers in your life. Mm-hmm. Yes. From the military. Yes. Yeah, yeah. They're not awesome. shy to, aren't they? <laughs> They're not shy at all. <laughs> they don't you, care that I'm a U.S. senator. I don't know if they care if you're a bishop or not, but they'll pick up the phone and cuss me out. <laughs> yes, no, I got. I have friends right now that uh, one is, uh, he, he has a job, he's a contractor now over in Europe, and he follows me social media, he watches the sermons, and he will say to me now, chaplain, you, you didn't do too well today. <laughs> so, <laughs> now, you know, and because we're, we're friends, we go all the way back. There's nothing like the military. Yeah. There's nothing like service. There is not. It is a couple of questions. A couple of questions, and I know you have got to go. I have, my mm-hmm. goodness. A couple of questions, Senator, and then I know your staff is going to be mm-hmm. pushing me out the door. Um, James Baldwin said, in order to be an African American, you have to be African with no memory and American with no privilege. Senator, do you believe systematic racism exists in America? And what would you tell I lead listeners how to lead in that reality, if you do? Well, systematic racism absolutely exists in America, and it's structural, it's structural racism that exists in America as well. That's why I started the, 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 uh, you know, um, uh, the Environmental Justice uh, Caucus, because we, have, we literally have structures in place that, keep racism alive and well and discriminate in particular against blacks in this country. It's why we put the most polluting industries into uh, uh, the parts of the country that have the highest percentage, you know, the, the, the towns and the, that, 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 ha- that are black and brown communities. It's why we have uh, a school system that's based on, you know, property taxes so, so that, you know, it matters what zip codes you happen to be born into. Um, uh, we have structural, I mean, we have structural racism when it comes to our criminal justice system. We know about all this. You know, Sandra Bland died in a jail cell in Texas. She's from Naperville, Illinois. She died in a jail cell in Texas because of the cash bail system that was set up. That doesn't, you know, it, it disproportionately hurt minority communities. You know, she couldn't find somebody or any group of somebody to, to help her get the $500 to get out of jail. And she sat in that jail cell for three days before she died, and nobody listened to her. We have structural racism that exists in our healthcare system where black mothers die uh, during childbirth at far greater percentages than any other ethnic group in this country. We have structural racism that exists in, in medicine where we don't research 
you know, uh, diseases that affect black communities uh, to as much as we do other communities. Yeah, it exists. And what, I, what do I tell people about leadership? You also have to be able to teach others who don't understand that and, 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 and build the allies. And you have to um, uh, continue to show up and fight the fight and model leadership, not just for the people within your community, but for the other people as well. And so when, and what, what do I mean by that? I, I'm talking about things like mentoring. Uh, when you are a mentor, um, you're mentoring not just the black kids in your community, but you need to mentor the white kids in your community as well so that they can see, they can see uh, a black leader in action. They can see an Asian or a woman in action as a leader um, because we have to change the worldview of the next generation. Um, and, and, and that means that uh, we need more people to step up and take leadership roles. Even if you don't think that you're going to make a difference, you do make a difference because people see you. They see you and they see the leaders out there. Um, and you have to be that model of leadership um, uh, for, for your own community, for the young people in your own community, but also for people from other communities as well. Because they can, they, people need to see that there can be black leaders and women leaders and, and Asian leaders. That, that the only leaders in this country are not just, you know, the affluent white majority. It is not. And I'm getting the hook from your staff. I got to get this last question <laughs> in because I don't want to get them upset that I might not ever get another uh, interview with you. So here we go. <laughs> every, every, every guest on iLead has to answer this question. Every guest, even your, um, your partner, uh, and that is Senator Durbin. He had to answer this question as well. Senator, okay. how do you lead in any room you find yourself in? Last question. I listen first. I listen first. Because you don't really know what the real problem that is being discussed or, or who may contribute um, and where the hidden talents might be if you're out there. If you're, if you're too busy talking, uh, then you're not getting input. Um, and, and I try to always listen first. Wow. Thank you so much, Senator. Thank you for your time. I'm honored. Thank you again for your service to our country, for our freedom. The Lord be with you as faith shine upon you, give you peace and success in all that we try to do for our country. Thank you. Thank you. After listening to today's podcast, I'm sure you're ready to be a leader in any room. To learn more about how to become the leader you are called to be, enroll today in iLeadAcademy.net. Until next time, remember, with iLead, you can be the leader in any room.